0: I'd like to I just want to kick us off with a question have a little think about it the answer might seem obvious okay. it, the answer may be obvious I don't know how how uh, how many how many senses do you have right now how many senses do you enjoy having what's your kind of the range of your senses how many senses do you have like like the five senses is that what we're talking about yeah 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 five you it's the the you going with the five yeah uh,
1: yeah i guess that's you know psych Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Touch. Yeah. Taste. Uh, 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 taste. Yes. Sight,
1: sound, touch,
0: taste. Smell. What
1: the fuck's the other one? Smell. Right. <laughs> yes. There we yes, go. Yes, that's the guy. Yeah.
0: That's the one. Um, that's the received wisdom. I mean, you know, there are more. Obviously, there's your sense of spatial awareness. That's that. that that's that's mm-hmm. one of your senses. Um, would you? Are you happy with that? I don't have that one. I'm not familiar. Me either, actually. I am a frequent and committed head hitter, and I fucking hate it, man. There oh, is no. nothing more guaranteed to hit my rage button... As quickly as banging myself on the head, standing up too quickly, hitting my head, and it's, immediate fucking hulk out. I hate it. I guess my... I'm
1: short, so I don't hit my head on anything. But it's my hip for me. Hitting my hip on shit sends me into an instant rage. Fury. And I do it yes. Nearly every day.
0: I guess. I guess my question is: Are you happy with that suite of senses that we've just spoken about? That five senses. Are you happy with that? Do you, Do you wish there were more? Do you wish there were less?
1: I mean, I could probably do with fewer to be honest with you. Okay, Uh, too much sensation, too much input. Yeah, or maybe like a dulling of the ones that I have. Listen, I mean, as everyone knows, I have ADHD, so Mm. sensory overload is like a common Mm. problem for me. Mm. Uh, So I don't think I've ever wished, hey, let's have more sensory input because I'm already (laughs) always
0: overwhelmed. I see. Well, would it, I mean, it probably wouldn't shock you, but there are plenty of people who've thought, fuck it, let's, do some more senses. Let's make some more senses. Let's take the five that we already have as a good start, you know? Let's consider those as a nice kind of kickoff. But for some people, the the touch, the smell, the sight, all of those just aren't enough. Hmm. And there are plenty of people out there, artists among them, boffins among them, people with, you know, quirks and irregularities in their you know, in their own senses who tinker is, is the best way I can think of putting it, who just fuck about under the hood with the goal of generating brand new ways for us as people to enjoy sensory input from the world around us. And I love this.
1: Oh boy. I can't even like begin to imagine what that would mean. So I'm kind of excited here.
0: I mean, there's loads to talk about here. It's cool (laughs) as fuck. I mean, the first this this for me this begins with a journey I mean uh going back in the mid 2011s right mid 2010s that, that decade <laughs> yeah,
1: mid- that well-known decade the
0: mid 2011s <laughs> the, the 2010s um okay. uh, loads of experiments on rats with a view to seeing how we can get them to view light of a different spectrum right rats mm. if you if you whack an electrode in a rat's uh, the 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 visual centers of a rat's brain, Uh, and and, and a a sensor which can perceive infrared light, that rat can learn to associate it with a uh, a reward-based task within about 30, 40 days, right? You shine Mm -hmm. infrared light from a food source or a water source, the rat will pick up the infrared light on its sensor, on its skull, uh, leading to a wire down in its brain, and it will will essentially see that infrared uh, light. Um, But here's the thing. One works great. But in that same experiment, the same rat with an infrared sensor on its skull had an extra three infrared sensors in its brain in different places. To give it 360 degree infrared perception. And within. So, we're
1: talking about like some kind of implant? Is that what's happening here? They're exactly putting something this. in its Exactly brain. Okay. this. Uh,
0: a, an implant on the top of its skull with an electrode in its visual cortex, allowing it to okay. quote unquote see infrared. And the sure. more sensors they add, the quicker the rat gets used to using them. Within four days, within four days, it adapted to using this 360 degree infrared ability to, uh, uh, you know, to to respond and to assimilate almost this new sense of being able to see infrared light. And critically, right, that new sense doesn't negatively affect the existing ones in the rat, doesn't fuck up its hearing, doesn't, you know, lead to it having like a palsy or inability to walk. The rat is cool as fuck, only now it's got, it's a cyborg rat.
1: An extra perception.
0: An extra perception.
1: Huh.
0: works in rats, um, works in people. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about an... Uh, an uh, I guess I would comfortably call this guy an artist, right? A guy by the name of Neil Harbison. Now, this guy is alive right now. He was born in the 80s and since birth was profoundly colourblind. Okay. Okay? Like not just you know you, you get some people with uh, varying degrees of color blindness. Neil Harbisson yeah. was completely colorblind from birth. So what
1: is that? Is that like seeing in like grayscale? What would exactly, it mean to that, me? exactly? That exactly okay, that. He just wow.
0: he, he says uh, that to him TV is still black and white. Um wow. The 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 name of his color blindness was total achromatopsia.
1: You are leaning <laughs> so hard into the R's It's not a complaint. I just, I need to say that observation out loud. Total
0: achromatopsia. Anyone who's watching
1: this is like, she just keeps smiling. <laughs> it's making me, it's making me laugh.
0: Um. Anyways, continue. So uh, born in Ireland, grew up in Catalonia. It became his kind of his, his life's work, his obsession to use technology to add color to his world. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. In university, he studies experimental music and sound design. And uh, as, as part of his thesis, builds an apparatus, which was a, 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 an antenna attached to a computer, which he would wear headphones with and that would convert. Color signals via this camera into sound. OK,
1: so like a a synesthesia that's like manis- manufactured.
0: Beautiful. Almost, it sounds as though it's a kind of a man, a kind of a man-made synesthesia. An engineered yes.
1: synesthesia.
0: However, um, it's it's totally different. And over the course of uh, his his study, his research, he refined this design, this apparatus, not only to shrink the apparatus down, but to implant it into his skull. Okay. Okay. Harbison walks around literally with an antenna emerging from the front of his head. Uh, With a camera on the end of it, which converts colour information into sound, which he uh, quote unquote hears by means of a vibrating chip within his bone, his skull bone. Right. Uh, A brand new condition which has been called sonochromatopsia. He hears colour a brand new sense. Every colour corresponds with a different sound. It's it's a, a, a uniform experience whereby different colours... <clears throat> and there's a fascinating TED talk where he holds different colours up to his antenna and you hear the noise that each colour makes inside his head. It's fascinating stuff. But doesn't stuff.
1: this have, like... I, this is fascinating and very confusing because that also feels to me <laughs> like sensory overload and like mm. almost like having a constant, like, tinnitus. Like... Doesn't that? So he's walking around in his day to day life. Yes. Seeing things that are all in color. Yes. Meanwhile, this antenna is basically making his skull hum.
0: It, it's bone from induction. The it's it's a and there, there's, there are commercial appliances which use inner ear induction to generate sound. Um, but you know, it, he's he's taken it. Being an artist, he's taken it to place of you know. He he calls himself. Uh, Let me just get this right. Firstly, he is a legally recognized cyborg, okay? Um, (laughs) He went through... I love
1: that as a designation of things. Uh, Literally. Set on his driver's license, blood donor, cyborg.
0: Well, it is. There was a long and protracted battle to allow the British passport agency to recognize his antenna in his passport photograph. Ergo, he is a legally recognized cyborg. Um, Okay. He calls himself an advocate for trans species rights. Um, You know, he he takes the cyborg bit quite seriously, right? Yeah. But there are others up to shit like this, man. It isn't just for medical technology. It isn't just in the kind of, you know, the experimental community. Um, There are lots of, you know, people who consider themselves body hackers. Uh, Have you heard of these guys inserting magnets into their fingers?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Uh, This is... uh, See, I, I used to be quite hung up on this idea. Um not surprising. <laughs> You'll be shocked to hear um, <laughs> magnetic implantation. Okay? Uh, okay, quite a well-proven uh, procedure by now, where body hackers will insert medically treated Earth magnets under their fingertips, mm-hmm. under the skin of their fingertips, which not only gives them the ability to pick up light objects made of metal just with their fingertips, meow, like a you know an Aldi magneto. It also <laughs> It also reportedly gives you the ability to sense magnetic fields through your fingertips because the magnets will interact with the magnetic hum of, of, for example, an engine or a power cable or any kind of electric device which generates a magnetic field. You will be able to sense this using the magnetic implants within your fingers for all intents and purposes, a brand new sense.
1: Does this? Does any of this sound good to you? Because to me, yeah, all of this sounds like misery. I, every <laughs> single thing you have described to me <laughs> sounds miserable, fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like this is awful, and yeah. I hate everything about
0: it. How? I mean, the the bullshit about hey transhumanism. I'm a cyborg. Eh. That bores the fuck out of me, right? That just makes me think these guys would be fucking murder to have a night out with. Fuck off.
1: Yeah, it's just like cosplay doofusness. Exactly this. Exactly this. Exactly (laughs) this.
0: But, 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 but. I have long loved this notion of the body as a canvas, right? I have long loved this notion of the body as being, it's yours, mate. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. And if you can get some extra mileage out of it, if you can overclock it by whacking magnets in your fucking fingers or plug in a camera into the back of your skull. Crack on. Who knows? I'm all about insight into the human condition. And if that's how you seek your insight out, there's a uh, a body artist. But wait, hold on, on, hold
1: on. Mm. Before you go into that. But I mean, personally, the idea of this magnet thing in your own fingers. Yes. Does that sound like a thing you could live with?
0: Uh, well a couple of things firstly the lifespan of these things is limited it tends to wear off after a few years right
1: okay so
0: when they're in they're not permanent just you know pop them out and general anaesthetic pop them out um but hey it's not for me i don't i'm happy with the five that i've got but i love that someone has to go that far i enjoy that there are people out there fucking doing it you know okay i and i will yes. i will always no matter how fucking ridiculous it might seem at first glance i will always have time and an ear and an interested eye for people who want to do this shit to right. to go back to the wonderful genova rain right who is a body mod uh, enthusiast from the uk i don't she's not from the uk sorry but resides in the uk she's gone as far as advertising a service whereby she will implant um nfc so near field communication chips subdermally Mm -hmm. that you can upload maybe your travel card information to. So as you're walking past the turnstile, simply wave your hand over the reader and the gate will open, you know? You can upload business card information into a chip in your arm so you can just tap someone's phone to your arm and they'll get your contacts. That's cool as fuck.
1: This, I, (laughs) all of this... One of the things that you'll notice, like, this smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. too. What I love about this is it so flies in the face of my I know. Like, evangelical I know evangelical. I know it does. I know it does.
0: I know, I know. You know exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> with yeah. this because
1: that shit is Mark of the Beast shit yes. right there. very much so. Uh, that's the thing you're supposed to be terrified of is, yep. like, they're going to embed you with barcodes or yep. something like that. Yep. And, you know, you'll be able to pay for your groceries by swiping your hand. Well, she is. Like, that. like, we were warned. Yeah about that stuff Uh, and all of this body mod stuff too like I remember in my like Christian worldview class and stuff like that in college Mm. watching stuff about people getting extreme body modifications yes you know and that we were supposed to think critically about it of course Mm -hmm. you know not necessarily straight condemn it Mm -hmm. but you were kind of supposed to come to the conclusion (laughs) that you shouldn't do that yep (laughs) so Jennifer this girl who I've just
0: spoken about she for the princely sum of 145 quid uh, the microchip insertion takes less than 10 seconds using a syringe. Uh, it's healed within two to three days, and you can jump on the tube by waving your fucking hand over the sensor. Uh, uh, and, well, 145 quid and your eternal soul, I guess, is the cost.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Um, I do like that. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I do like that.
0: It's cool as fuck. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> I, I can easily separate the cyber goth fucking side of it. Um, to end uh, there's also plenty of people who've taught themselves echolocation you know this
1: yes I find that extremely fascinating. Mm -hmm. I watched like a 2020 or something like that, probably a decade ago about this young, he was a teenager, black teenager here who was blind and he had taught himself echolocation and he could like shoot hoops. He could do all kinds of things just by sort of clicking and listening and managing to you know, create some sort of weird visual thing via echolocation. Yeah, I thought, there's a, uh, a guy by the name incredible. Of
0: Daniel Kish uh, works with a non-profit organization called Access for the Blind. Uh, you know, he does lot of work with blind teenagers, uh, you know, outward bound kind of work, wilderness work, hiking, mountaineering and so on, and is a shit hot echolocator. Um, yeah. And, and teaches that to other uh, blind youths. Now, I think I've seen the same guy that you've seen. And my initial... Yeah, I think
1: this was probably at that point, this was the most famous example of this.
0: Yeah. And my response was, does it really work or is it something this guy is telling himself? Um, sure.
1: That's a very Mark response. Yeah. It, of course it is. <laughs>
0: I don't really believe that. Um, but the list, the, the there's a list as long as your arm of blind humans who have literally taught themselves echolocation. And it, it's, it's something that with dedication, anyone... Uh, can learn to do and and it you know you you can see in uh ECGs the areas of the brain that are doing this stuff that are doing the the, the echolocation and they light up differently in an echolocation expert to somebody who you know right. to a control participant. It's something that is provable, categorically provable that that, that 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 lights up different parts of your brain. You can teach. You can teach yourself new senses.
1: Yeah, that is wild. Very I cool. mean. Also, I would say I don't know that they're, like, new senses, but just spins on the ones we already have. Mm. But maybe new forms of perception of certain senses. Yeah. You know, and that is... That's fascinating to me. I mean, there was like a, I remember there was a point where I was like, can I like do that? I was trying to like hear clicks and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. if I click at stuff, can I hear it? It reminded me of when I was a little kid and you know, I discovered my own echo.
0: Yes, really
1: cool. <laughs> and like trying to interact with that.
0: I don't know yeah. if I've talked about this on the cast before, but something every day that never ever ceases to make me pause and go, whoa, cool, is the sensation I I, I I hope I'm not just talking through my ass here. I'm hoping that other people can relate to this. When maybe you're walking outdoors, you're walking out and about, and maybe kind of half a kilometre away, you'll see people playing a ball game or something. And somebody gives the ball a ball a, a good kick, but the sound of the, the kick takes like a, the fraction of a second to reach your ear. There's this yeah. tiny dissonance between the action and the sound registering in your ear. And in that kind of fraction of a second, you become totally aware of... Of the fact that sound is traveling to you from another yes. place via vibration of the air, and all of a sudden you feel the world turning under your feet, and you realize, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Just one of those things.
1: Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you mean.
0: It might further entertain you to know that while reading about human echolocation, I turned all the lights out in my living room and tried clicking a little bit, and I, I can't do it yet. Of course, you did. Can't do it yet. But...
1: <laughs> yet.
0: I'm, I'm more I can't likely cross to cross my and eyes. See... <laughs> you can't echolocate. We'll <laughs> both figure this out. I'm far more likely to try and get my uh bank card inserted under my forehead or something like that
1: <laughs> low effort extrasensory
0: perception <laughs> look guys i'm a cyborg let me quote directly from my notes if i may
1: yes please do
0: <laughs> fucking look at these nerds oh mise en scene
1: i don't think anyone has ever said mise en in such a horny way before <laughs> the way i whispered the word sex cannibal recently worst comes to worse mark i'm willing to guillotine you for science
0: Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, (laughs) I'm gonna let it.
1: You know how I feel about that, Mark.
0: I think you feel great about it. Do it as I would do it. Do me do it. I
1: can't do it as you. Here's why. See, welcome everyone to Jack of All Graves. Mark is trying to pressure me to try to intro like him. And as much as I'd love to do that, I don't (laughs) have, I don't have your brain, Mark. Listen, we both have our functions on this show. It's true. I'm the research girl. I have, like, my my scripts. I am, like, steering it. I feel like I'm the straight man on this show. And you have the tangents and the, like, weird places your brain goes and okay. the quips. Fair enough. So, I know my place, Fair enough. is what I'm saying here. Um, and I can... I would never attempt to try to take that from you
0: fair enough thank you i i that makes sense now i i didn't want to intro us this week because i didn't want us to get into a rut you know what i mean i didn't want people to go Sure. Oh, all right yeah, mark will do that but uh, here comes cory i i thought maybe you should do it to mix it up but i get it i get what you're saying
1: yeah we have our we have our strengths and i feel very comfortable in mine Yes. And very comfortable in yours. But I nonetheless, never... I have no problem welcoming everyone here.
0: Oh no do I. My God, everyone, you're so fucking welcome. Come in. <laughs> Take off your shoes, you fucking you guys. It's good to see you again. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, a funny uh this is like a cultural difference thing. Yeah. So the way that you in the UK use your welcome versus the way that we do here. Huh. Like, and especially I noticed this a lot in Northern Ireland, not necessarily amongst people in the UK, but a little bit more like what you just said. You're very welcome here. Yes. Like, we don't say you're welcome like that. Uh, And so I remember when my like I went with like a group to Northern Ireland for the first time when I was in college and we went there and people kept every time we arrived somewhere, they'd say, oh, well, you're very welcome. And we're like, we didn't. We didn't say thank thank you. Why is every why does everyone keep saying we're welcome? And they meant literally. You're you welcome, are welcome in this. Yeah, I, I see we don't nothing. Use that.
0: I don't see why you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you?
1: We don't use that phrase that way. We use "you're welcome" as like a.
0: So if I were to knock you, on you, your door, welcome. right? If I were to knock on your door, and you were to open the door to me and say, what would you say? What? How would you bid me enter? How would you? Come in. You wouldn't say, hey, come in, welcome, welcome to my, come on in, welcome. I
1: might say welcome. I would not say you're welcome or you're very welcome. That's a response. That's not a, that's not a, like, you don't just say it like that. Mm. And we all were just so confused by people everywhere we went just constantly saying, oh, you're very welcome. Like, (laughs) thanks. Is that the proper response? This is backwards.
0: This was Ireland though, yes?
1: Northern Ireland, yeah. Northern Ireland, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's just uh, when you said you're very welcome, it just made me think of that. That I'm like, that's not really a phrase that we use here to mean welcome. Two different, two different things.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) Uh, And as we were talking about just then, off here. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, you all have a special, like, building outside of your homes just for your washing machine, yeah?
1: Not outside (laughs) of the home. It's in the house.
0: You all have a little (laughs) annex elsewhere on <laughs> yes. your estate that's just yes. for the purposes of cleaning your clothes and
1: yeah we don't keep it in the kitchen no mm-hmm. that's not uh apparent well so this was a thing on twitter and i messaged you about it because i was like brits are big mad about this revelation oh, why yeah, are they so yeah, mad yeah. that we noticed this? A few of us did, some yeah. girl yeah some girl had tweeted you know like
0: all ca- like, it was the know, caps lock. Caps lock, lock that pissed me yeah, off it was about caps, caps lock revelation. Yeah,
1: she had said, you know, like I just discovered, like British people keep their laundry machines in their kitchen. Um, exclamation and,
0: mark! Question mark! Exclamation mark! What? Yeah,
1: and they don't have laundry rooms. That was what she was saying, and it was like to me, I'm like it's just a benign revelation. Like when you think something mm. is like what everybody does, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. Oh, hold on. Like, that's a... I had never considered that would be a difference. But... A lot of bricks took fucking umbrage. <laughs> fucking loaded on this poor girl for making this observation. Um, but I had said, I was like, I genuinely thought that, like, I have been many times to the UK and thought that this was a thing in Airbnbs, like it's a space saver. Like, oh, so, you know, since it's an Airbnb and they don't have a lot of room... Mm. They just put the the washing machine in the in the kitchen. And it had never occurred to me that you don't normally have a separate room uh, where that is.
0: So I'm dredging up an old memory here, right, of my one and only time in the States. And Right. It feel I whether it's a memory of a memory or what, I don't know. But it, it feels as though American homes are generally quite a bit bigger than ours
1: that could be i mean i don't i haven't spent a lot of time like in people's houses yeah in the U. Well, every, S. So every, every, everywhere i stayed
0: sure. in the states i was definitely kind of fucking big houses man that was
1: yeah especially since you're on the east coast like in california you'd probably be like wow everybody's house is really small mm, yeah <laughs> over here yeah we have a it's standard to have a fair amount of space and of course like the the laundry is usually in like the basement yes generally i'd love a yeah, basement and, yeah basement's a it's a great spot i've always Mm. been a big fan of a basement even like whether it's like a good finished basement like ours was before two weeks (laughs) ago or (laughs) uh (laughs) or like a spooky one like the one where i grew up in i used to go down there and like imagine there were like ghosts and things in the basement and i would just like like walk around i had this little little plastic necklace this little beaded necklace and I thought that it was, like, magic. Yeah, yeah. And my dad had told me, like, if you ever come across something, like a monster or a boogeyman or whatever, you hold up that necklace and you say, be gone. And, now, like, it's just like a dad trying to get his kid not to, like, wake him up in the middle of the night <laughs> with, like, dad, there's a thing in my room. Like, you're empowered. You have this necklace. Say, be gone. But I would go down to the basement with my little necklace. That is some
0: Dream Warriors shit that your dad was doing <laughs> there, man. Be gone. <laughs> Wow.
1: Yep. Yeah. That was so. I'd always walk around, and if I saw, thought I saw something, I'd be like, "Be gone!" (laughs) No. Yeah. So I love a basement.
0: It's amazing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Come
1: over. I'll show you my basement. We can go and hold our magic necklaces.
0: (laughs) My boys are way too old now and too cynical already for me to try any of that shit.
1: No. Yeah. This Mm. was young and without internet. So I think like yes that kind of thing lasted longer when yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid than it would for a kid who's
0: like seen some shit. Yeah. I'm just wondering is there a discussion to be had, I wonder, about shit you believed before the internet?
1: Oh, yes, please. I mm. think there is a discussion there because yes. that's a that there's the Dumb shit you believe because of the internet, but there's also the dumb shit you
0: believe before there was internet. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I we have digressed. I,
0: I, we have, but I think I think that's a question that that we've already chatted about a little bit. I mean, I I, I still remain to this day, I'll still have a little bit of a smirk to myself when I think of Ah oh, Wilma, lover, poor old Wilma unfolding that printed out email chain In work. To to warn everyone on the team about strawberry meth. Right. Love, you live in Merthyr fucking Tidville. You know what I mean? Nobody is selling you strawberry meth. (laughs) Just so you're aware.
1: Yep. Good. Exactly. My mom posted something today that was, like, about Jamie Oliver winning some lawsuit against McDonald's about the pink slime (laughs) that they make their food out of or whatever. And I, like... Googled it, and I was like, that's not exactly what happened here. <laughs> That is not true! <laughs> and it's just, you know, yeah. There's the stuff you believe because internet, but there's, I don't know, there's something fun to the stuff that got around. And, like, just the fact that stuff got around before the internet Yes, is fascinating. You know, I think I've mentioned before that I do things with my, st- I used to do things with my students like playing slide or, you know, other hand games like that and being like, Okay, well, where'd you learn that? Mm. I don't know. But we were born, you know, my students in California, 3,000 miles apart from where I was born in Massachusetts, and we still know how to play the same game.
0: Right. little pre-internet mimetic childhood experiment here that I want to just run, Mm -hmm. right? Anybody listening to this from the UK, um, of a certain age, comparable to my age, right? So... Mid thirties to mid forties. I'm going to say two lines and I would like you to think to yourself how these, how this rhyme ends, right? Ooh. My little pony, skinny and bony.
1: Hmm. I've, I totally have one of those myself. Oh, you do? And yes, I hate you. You hate me. Americans, where does the next part of that go?
0: Fantastic.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I would love to see. Please just comment on Twitter,
1: on Facebook, whatever, wherever you're from, tell us the next lines from the things that we just said and let's see.
0: Because there's, I I mean, depending on where you are, you may go with My Little Pony, Skinny and Bony.
1: No, no, don't say where it goes. I'm editing that out because that's, It's beside the point if you tell them
0: the answer. Yes, it is true. Okay,
1: okay. This is an experiment, so let's see what people say.
0: Yeah, some joag science there, some joag fucking science. The best kind of science.
1: Oh, of course. (laughs) Yes, I I like to look at us as podcast boffins.
0: We are in many ways on the cutting edge of science here at Jack of All Graves. (laughs) At the Joag Institute, <laughs> at the, at the Joag Medical Institute, we consider ourselves at the cutting edge of mm. science of many disciplines, not just one discipline either.
1: Oh no, many. yeah, definitely an interdisciplinary uh, sort of
0: institute
1: institution. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's let's get into this podcast. That was quite a spiral, <laughs> um, but do please let us know where your brain takes those <laughs> next lines because we're very curious. If you need to pause now so you don't forget, pause quickly, hit the Twitter, hit the Facebook, hit the Instagram, tell us what you think of.
0: My little pony, skinny and bony. Over to you.
1: <laughs> I hate you, you hate me. And your turn. Beautiful. Great. Anyways. Of, uh,
0: Corrie in a lab coat just holding a test tube. Hmm. <laughs> Joanne. <laughs>
1: I would look can you someday you know one of us is going to learn how to use Photoshop and I would just love that as like a, a reanimator cover with like oh, my face on it or something like that you know like let's put ourselves in horror posters <laughs> like oh, that's a that. great idea <laughs> it'll be very fun mm. um except neither of us know how to do that but you're learning okay. things now so I think you're the one to do it
0: I am learning things now um progress is slow but yes. I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've got, I've got the kit and I've got the ambitions and I'm going to fucking sort it out.
1: <laughs> Mark just got Adobe yeah. Creative Cloud.
0: <laughs> and I was like, ah, eh, Mark... how hard can this be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought Mark was kidding with me, but Adobe, Adobe is apparently how he says it, but, um, yes. Oh, Mark got... I see. That was a, <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a dig. A-D-O-B-E.
0: I say Adobe.
1: Yes uh you got adobe creative cloud and is working on on learning some things so hopefully you'll get some good content from mark yes in his adobe things but i i was like as you were you were like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get premiere and all this stuff and i was like oh yeah it's like, the it's oh it's very difficult you're like yeah i'm pretty nah. familiar with putting stuff into a timeline That's cutting fine. it
0: be easy how hard can this be i just,
1: i love the text that i got that was just like this is fucking hard (laughs) i was like yeah i know i went to school for this it's it's still i still spend a lot of time on google trying to figure out what i did to my timeline or what shortcut i need for something or whatever but i'm sure you'll be an expert
0: soon i (laughs) really love your faith
1: (laughs) always infinite faith (laughs) um so hey Back to business. Just want to thank everybody who showed up for our book club this time. Once again, it was wonderful. A great discussion. A book that was a little uh more controversial Ooh, was than it? last time. More mixed reviews oh, than last time, which made it a lot of fun Uh, to sort of dissect the issues that we had with it and whatnot. And it was just, yeah, once again, very cool. Just so many extremely smart people coming in and, and talking about... This book. uh, And next month we will be reading um, My Sister, The Serial Killer. Mm -hmm. So I will, I haven't posted that up on our website yet, but it will be on there. Um, We will have a link so you can buy it from Gibson's bookstore. But even if you don't get it from Gibson's bookstore, hey, go check out your local bookstore or get it from your library. Mm. If you don't have a library card, great time to get one. And most libraries have access to eBooks. So even if you can't go to your library and physically get one, or you're like worried about the fact that you forget to turn yours in and always have late fines and things like that, you can get an ebook of it, I guarantee it. So hey, better still, get your library card implanted
0: in a chip under your skin. and the librarian would be like, oh, what a cool cyborg. I bet they're totally awesome and a cyborgoth. Yeah, I be your library's exactly only exactly cyborg. librarian will say.
1: You could do that too. Whatever choice you make, hey, instead of giving uh, Jeff Bezos your money, why don't you go hit up your local library, hit up your local bookstore, or go through Gibson's where you can get a little discount if you mark in your notes that it is for Jack of All Graves in our book club. Nice. My Sister the Serial Killer should be a really good time. I've heard great things about it so far. Um. Also, I want to give just a little shout out to those of you who, um, you know, heeded my request for reviews on Apple Podcasts. Amazing. I know, like... A good chunk of you, the vast majority of you, don't use Apple Podcasts to listen to your podcasts. So it means a lot that you took the time to go and do those. I know Dawn did, Clint did, um, I think John Latour, uh, Jason, uh, I think I saw Steve on there, Richard, you guys are great for um going on there and and reviewing us giving us those stars and making it so hopefully other people will know about us and continue to spread the word tell everyone you know it's a good time we're having fun here Mm -hmm. (laughs) um mark yes you got a tattoo
0: i did yeah well or another one um
1: is this why you're wearing shorts right now? You like just you don't want anything touching? Exactly or? that.
0: It's I, I don't want anything touching it. Uh which is which is unfortunate. uh do not I d I don't I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but my long suffering wife Laura Fucking jiggles her legs like a motherfucker in her sleep.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. she does. Yes, she
0: does. Yes, she does. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering how it's it's gonna go. But it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was it was hard work. It was a lot of ink to have done in one. How go. long
1: did it take overall?
0: Oh fuck, let me see. Eleven. Eleven, twelve, 1, 2, 3. I was there for six hours. I was in the in the in the chair for six hours, and it's a good long time. It was. I mean, this. How 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 to describe this? It gave me a lot of opportunity to consider the state of being in pain
1: Mm, right yes i i I came
0: at it like a kind of a frank from hellraiser sort of angle and i took (laughs) i took a little bit of time to inhabit pain and to consider it and to chew on it a little bit and and examine that that the the sensation um and it, it was it was it was really interesting i mean To feel the distinct and specific relationship between nerves, almost, between different nervous Mm, mm -hmm. areas. When, you know, pain was applied to one particular area, I could feel kind of other parts of my leg kind of tense up and move involuntarily, like tugging on a tendon, you know? Um, Yes.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Feeling pain traveling to different areas uh, of, of, of my body, just really... Considering it and really, like I said, inhabiting it and and, and giving some time to feel it. It was because you know generally when you hurt yourself, your your main concern is stopping it hurting. Yeah,
1: stop doing that. It's the old joke, doctor, doctor. It hurts when I do this, and exactly. don't do this. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah,
0: uh, but yeah. <laughs> having paid a considerable amount of currency to be in that position and travelled a long way specifically to be in that position, I can't really go. Can you not, please? Um, right. So just. <laughs> I, yeah, strapped myself in and reconsidered it. And it was, it was fascinating. A lovely, lovely day.
1: Did you have that? So my first tattoo took a little over six hours yeah. as well. Wow. Um, and I had the experience of when, like, around hour five, I started getting clammy. Yes. And, like, uh. sweating and feeling, like, kind of cold from it like it was just kind of like my body had gotten to the point where it was like you've maybe been doing this too long
0: the last hour was (laughs) was certainly a slog yeah um i didn't get i didn't get kind of the clamminess that you describe but yeah yeah it was uh (laughs) It, yeah it it, it 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 that that sensation of examining it and being hmm detached and yeah, this is very inter- that that had all faded away by the last hour and I was just like ah right. fuck That's, yeah you stop being fuck able to fuck look. Off. this is like yeah. an
1: interesting thing <laughs> there's yeah. a great picture of me after my tattoo where Shannon yeah. my wonderful tattoo artist um her uh if you follow her on instagram silver linings tattoo she's out of belfast uh, in northern ireland there's a picture of me and she is like wiping down the tattoo afterwards. Yeah. And I had turned and yelled, fuck you, Shannon. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. It's just in so much pain. Wow. It's like, no, don't touch it anymore. I don't, I don't want you to do that. Um, I mean, I was kidding. I wasn't really like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever said fuck you in a serious way to anyone, <laughs> but I just was like, I can't, I don't want any other interaction with this thing now after I've been... Yeah, no detachment whatsoever.
0: Interestingly, I mean, earlier on talking about body as a canvas, uh, the artist who was next to me working on a totally different client had a tongue splitting, had a fucking lizard tongue. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wild. Can't
1: do that. Can't do it. That... Absolutely My tongue hurts thinking about it. Yeah. But it is, like, such an interesting thing about tattoos like you would think then like like because that was the first one that i ever had that i had was that long of an experience Mm. and so you would think that like my response would be like oh i never want to do this again yes but the weird thing about tattoos is like in spite of that you just immediately want more of them my next one was like a month later
0: that's the thing isn't it your body cannot physically conjure up a memory of pain Pain is transient when sure, physical pain yeah. is no longer, you know, happening. You can't recall how it felt. You know, it hurt. But unlike a memory of a place or, uh, you know, in many cases, a smell or a sound, you can almost recall the physical sensation of it. You can't do that with pain. You can't you, ah, you can't remember some. Well, eh, can you? Even as I'm saying that, right, I have a vivid memory, Yeah. a very vivid memory. Of uh, being, I think it was mid, I was in my teens, maybe 14, 15. And I electrocuted myself really badly in my bedroom. <laughs> I, had, I had an amp. I, I was I was playing along to something on the radio on my guitar. Um, and I pulled the plug out of the wall. And the screw must have been loose or whatever. And I just came away with the plastic back of the plug. I was like, ah, well, didn't really consider it. So grabbed the wire to yank the bare wire at the wall and... Electrocuted the shit out of myself, got kind of stuck and, and jiggled a little bit, and whenever right. I remember that, I, the pain doesn't come back. No, but I do get kind of yeah. goosebumps and I do get the sensation yeah, you feel of electricity. The sensation, yes. yeah. But um, other types of pain, you know, kind of uh, superficial pain, skin pain, you can't recall what it's like. All you get is the cool art. Yeah. Oh, look, that's cool.
1: I don't know, but it feels like it has to be beyond that, though. You know, like there there has to be something to me that is connected to the pain and sensation of it because like it feels like a compulsion it's mm. not simply that i'm like oh that looks cool like I, there's plenty of things that look cool but i don't feel the need to constantly yeah like pursue them yeah yeah, right yeah. like there's something i feel and and i don't know. It, to a degree, I kind of agree that like, yeah, you don't necessarily remember pain, but not exactly. Like there are things you telling that story, like for one, when I think about getting electrocuted a couple weeks ago, I absolutely kind of feel that tingle mm. in my fingers when I think about it. Yep. Or I think of like one time when I was a kid that I, um, I got like <laughs> crushed by an adult while playing softball. Um, and scraped all the skin off of my knee. Yeah. Um, and then going across the street and my dumbass brother being an asshole and slapping the spot where it was. And while I can't feel <gasps> it distinctly,
0: classic older brother move.
1: It really is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah. But there's a part of me that still kind of can conjure. The idea of what it felt like, the burn of that, you know, like I can yes understand sort of what that was like. Just like when you think about a smell, you can't necessarily smell it, but something in you knows it what a it. smell smells yes, like. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like with tattoos, there has got to be something to the pain that we want again that there's something to the feeling of getting one that goes beyond simply, I would now like more art on my body. Why would I need to, a month later, do a thing I've never done in, you know, I was 30, uh, 31 when I got my first, like... Because many, many, many people say this, years. don't they?
0: Many people say this. Yeah, oh, it's a yeah, thing. Just once it's you... addictive. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I I put it down to, I mean, if you have a... Every, every time I've had art done it's been a lovely experience in terms of the environment it's always been nice it's really relaxing they, you know yeah. you, you listen to good music you're having a conversation with the mm-hmm. person who's doing it you've got something that means something to you blah 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 i think it's all that mm-hmm. it's something yeah
1: maybe it's just yeah it's the, it's, it's it's a nice entire it's an event it's a really nice event perhaps so i don't know but i always find that curious you know something that is painful and they're not all that painful i think you know That was painful because it was so long. The Mm. one that I had on my ankle was painful because it went over a bone, um, which is the only one that I, you know, I've teared up a little bit while getting. Uh, And, you know, there's certain parts that hurt more. The other ones were negligible in their pain. But I always do find that an interesting thing that, you know, most people seem to (laughs) get tattoos and be like, I want another one, Mm. despite the fact that it is sort of an inherently painful experience, you know? And uh, I'm getting another one in a week and a half.
0: Wee. <laughs> uh, I guess Jesus would look down on that too, would he? Is that Mark of the Beast as well, getting ink?
1: Depends on how you interpret the Bible. There, huh? uh, There's a part in the Bible that's something about not uh, marking yourself with like the names of the dead or something like that, that people interpret as don't get tattoos. Okay. But there's nothing in there explicitly that says don't get tattoos. Okay. It's just an interpretation. Nice. <laughs> if I got, like, you know, 666 on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole other thing altogether. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this week, Mark, you did not watch anything.
0: Hey, fucking hell. What is up with that? I've seen no horror or sci-fi or fantasy or any kind of genre media at all this week. I don't That's know why. Wild. Work has been flat out. Um, I've been playing a lot of video games, but I've watched nothing, mate. That'll
1: do it. Yeah. You're playing the, the ghosts of... I'm
0: playing Ghost of Tsushima. and Yes, that. Uh, you know, it, maybe it's a discussion for a different podcast, but it thoroughly deserves all the accolades it got. It got Game of the Year in God knows how many places last year. It is a deeply engrossing, deeply satisfying... Deeply beautiful uh, to look at, um, epic in feudal Japan as one man tries to defend his island in Japan from <laughs> Mongol invasion, um, becoming a myth in the process. It's beautiful. I can't yes, and put and it. If down.
1: everything goes as planned, you'll talk with that about that with us on MOLF. Mm. We'll hear more about your ideas yep. or your your thoughts on the experience of playing that game. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, I've watched a few things this week, not a ton, but you know, uh, as I was trying to this week go through and when I, here's the thing, I'm always looking for an excuse to get rid of shit. I'm not, a, okay. I'm the anti hoarder. Yes. I'm the Marie Kondo. I want to not have things and I live in a house full of people who want things. Oh, good. So as a result of this flood, I have been getting rid of as much as my of my stuff Good. as physically possible. Uh so I was sorting through clothes this week and bringing stuff to the donation bin. As I went through it I'm like I don't, you know, as nice as this thing is that I've been wearing since third grade, maybe it's time mm. to let somebody else have it.
0: Do you, well, you hold on do you hold on to clothes for a long time then?
1: If I can still wear them. Mm you know like i like i just don't see because i've always i posted a thing on on instagram today and i'm like i've looked exactly the same my entire I life saw, yeah, and you that just... basically includes what i wear mm. the um there's one of them where i'm wearing like this like flannel in it i still have that because i can still wear it <laughs> so like i was in third grade or something when i got that mm. but it was like grunge time so it was super oversized so as an adult, I can still wear that thing. So if I can still wear something, there's a part of me that's like, should I get rid of it? Yeah. Like, I guess I can just keep wearing it.
0: I used to be but, a motherfucker yeah, for attaching uh, sentimentality to clothing.
1: Yeah. Of all things, I think clothing is the thing I mm. do with the most, you know. And I've gotten to the point where now I feel like I can take a picture of it mm. and be like, okay, but I don't need Yes. To physically have it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I got rid of a bunch of stuff, some of which had been sentimental for like 20 years, but I just took some pictures and was like, it's got to go, all that. But all that to say, as I was doing it, I was, I just put sort of stuff on in the background. Um, So I did that, but I also, okay, so in the background, I put on The Haunted Mansion uh, the Disney movie from 2003. Eddie Murphy, yeah. And Eddie Murphy, yes, which is like sort of in tandem with Pirates of the Caribbean, the first Disney ride movies. Hmm. Um, they came out like two months apart from each other. So I think Pirates came out in July and Haunted Mansion came out in November. And I remember I saw Haunted Mansion in Greenfield, Massachusetts with like a 104 degree fever, absolutely <sighs> wow. delirious. Uh, with Ben and Chelsea, <laughs> just like, yeah, absolutely. Like just in a cold sweat watching this movie. Why did you go and see um, a I film when you
0: were so ill? Uh,
1: I don't know. I, <laughs> it was I was visiting Chelsea and it was Thanksgiving and it was like, well, you know, I, I what are we going to do? just gonna like sit inside the whole time nah so going to a movie seemed like a thing that we could do so (laughs) we went and saw this movie and I loved it it's like just this is it was it's a very left column movie like a yeah um uh, I've I've
0: watched it with the boys it's a load of fun they enjoyed it a great deal I think they enjoyed it more than I did but it's uh
1: I mean it's aimed at them not you
0: also true that was my next point it's not for me (laughs)
1: It's not for you, Um, but it's I love that, you know, the first ish movie that Disney made based on a ride. Mm. They decided to tackle racism and class and toxic masculinity, (laughs) like of all the things that this movie could have been. And in 2003, like honestly, Mm. that is pretty far ahead of most of the things Mm. that, you know, people were talking about at that point. Um, And so it's kind of fun. It's like entertaining to me that that's a thing. But mostly, like, I think it's just kind of a fun movie, a good nod to the ride, which is my favorite ride at Disneyland. Um, So, you know, I love all the little Easter eggs in it, because every single person who had like I had a Disneyland pass for a decade, every person who went to Disneyland every week, like we all know Every single word of Haunted Mansion by heart. You can walk in there and you know what the elevator says when you're in it. You know oh, the fantastic. spiel when you get into your doom buggy. You mm. know what Madame Leota says. The whole thing from start to finish. And there's so many of those Easter eggs in it. So it's just fun as like a Disneyland fan. But it's also just, I think, a very fun left column movie. If you're looking for something to watch with your kids mm. and looking at Disney Plus, that's a good one to watch.
0: But... Uh, off topic... Oh, kind of. Well, it, it's it's on topic because it's about horror movies and it's about me. I found out this week that <laughs> I categorically have made the cut of that fucking movie that I that, that I shot a few <gasps> oh, months back. Right.
1: Yes. Um. This is definitely going to be a Joe Ag watch along. It's
0: it's Reign of Chaos. It's found an American distributor. It's uh being released within the next couple of months, and I am categorically going to be in it. So, yeah, that, I'm
1: very excited about this.
0: It's just making me worry about that, what I said about about them in the cast. I'm worried, but we might have to go back and delete that episode from history.
1: Not happening. <laughs> uh, and especially because they're going to get at least like 12 to 20 more people watching <laughs> that movie. True. Yes. Than would have otherwise. Yes. So you have actually brought in an audience for that movie yep. that it would not have had. I'm so, a draw. I regret nothing. <laughs> good <laughs> that'll be great but also on that left column uh thing that i've watched this week because if you go on disney plus they have like a halloween section mm-hmm. they call it something and i can't remember what they have their cute little name for their halloween section um and they're coming out with stuff like they're doing a uh muppets haunted mansion yeah, that i'm very so. excited about mm-hmm. and like they have some upcoming things that are going to be a part of it i think they have like some lego stuff things like that that are going to be along this but I watched one from like nineteen eighty-three or something like that with Christy Swanson and um John Aston called Mr. Boogity. Have you come across this at all?
0: Uh I've seen I've seen it getting I've seen the name getting thrown around online, but it isn't one that I've encountered. Mr you Boogity. Watch
1: it. Mr. Boogity. Yeah, yeah. It's like fifty minutes long. Um and cocaine made this movie (laughs) like i'm not even i'm not gonna attempt to explain this movie i just want people to watch this movie and it it, it's the weirdest shit it's about like you know a family in new england and they encounter this boogeyman kind of thing in their house um and it's it's stupid and funny and worth your 50 is it a minutes. good film is it a, 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 no all oh, right no 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 it's not good don't get me wrong although there are a few actors in it who give it their all
0: mm.
1: and are on board um but it is just like just the kind of absurd silly thing that if you're looking for something to be like what <laughs> while you're watching it you're gonna enjoy the 50 minutes of mr boogity nice. don't take it seriously don't expect anything
0: Oh, we're only a couple of weeks away from Halloween Kills, aren't we? Mm, 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 That's mm, true too. Mm, mm. And I broke <coughs> my rule. I broke my golden rule, and I watched. Did you the... watch the trailer? Yes, again? Yes, I did. Uh,
1: I legitimately left the theater when it came on before Candyman. I went. To
0: oh, the wow! Bathroom. Really? On purpose? Mm-hmm.
1: On purpose. Good I was you. like, nope, Good not doing it again because I will remember things the second time.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I broke my rule, and I'm glad I did because it. Even the trailer is is. You know, it's 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 a a masterclass in how to how to fucking hype up a movie, it really does get you pumped. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: I simply cannot wait. And all the reviews, right? All of the early reviews so far have seemingly been critical of the fact that it's nothing more than murders and it's more intense and more brutal yeah. and more gory. What the fuck, man?
1: I keep seeing that and I, like... Like, what am I missing here? Because that feels like what I want it to be.
0: Yeah, 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 really. I don't. How dare this film be exactly what everyone wants it to be? Yeah. next time?
1: Uh, No, we want another one of the movie that fucking ruled a few years ago. Yeah, really, only
0: more so, please. Whack it up to 11 with the killings. And I'm, by the way, obsessed with that shot in the trailer of, of Michael fucking that guy in the face with a circular saw amazing stuff that's something you've not seen in halloween before um yep. so yeah if your only criticism the press is that it's <laughs> there's <laughs> there's too many murders and it's uh
1: it's too much of a horror movie is what it is it's the yeah, rotten tomatoes effect mark
0: yeah
1: this is gonna be fun for us and critics are like now hold on a second i feel like you've tricked me into watching a horror bit of a
0: head scratcher that one
1: on the note of things and their trailers and what to expect from them and whatnot, I binged Midnight Mass,
0: mm. uh,
1: and that trailer does not let you know what you're in for at all.
0: I can't seem to get enthused about that. Everyone's recommending it to me, but I can't... Uh, Bly Manor uh, uh, took it out of me. Bad My taste. I was yes. super, super disappointed with that, as I remember.
1: Yes. And you know, I was just as disappointed yeah, of course. in that as you are. Mm. Midnight Mass is not that. It has a few of the faults of Bly Manor. One of the things about this is like, you know, I think Mike Flanagan tends to think he's a little deeper than he is. Okay. Um, so there are times when there are some monologues in this that oh. you're like, eh, I don't, okay, whatever, that's fine. But it doesn't happen that often. Um, There's just like, you know, there's one in the last episode that I was like, that was completely unnecessary. It just Mm. felt like a little patronizing to me as a viewer. But this is a batshit series. Okay. um, Okay. That is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I think it's like kind of key when you watch it to not read. What it's like, don't read tweets about it. Don't read reviews. Well, I haven't. I haven't. It, I know nothing yeah. of it. When it hits yeah. what it actually is about, yeah. you're like, mm. sorry, what? I am, <laughs> this is not the show I thought that I was about to watch. I'm a, um, I'm a
0: huge fan of that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. The flourish, yeah. the and prestige. It comes in,
1: it's episode 3 mm that all of a sudden you realize this is a different show than you thought it was. Good. Right. Say no um, more. Say no more.
0: Say no more. I'm in. I'm in, yeah. I'm in.
1: Well, I'm going to say a little more for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, episode five has one of the most, like, just bananas endings of anything I've ever seen in my life. And the whole show overall, I think, I mean, it is beautifully acted, beautifully shot, Um, you know, really... You really get into investing in these characters here, but it also has enough of that horror element and everything to keep you invested, which I think is more reminiscent of Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Bly Manor, it just felt like the whole time you were like, "What the hell is happening?" and "Why do I care about this?" Exactly
0: this. Exactly this. And and this doesn't do that. Hill House did that. That. That process of getting invested, not just in the characters, but in the... the f- you, you There was a very rich sense of a family that had reached a mm-hmm. point. Everybody on that screen had been on a very long journey with one another. And they were just yes. weary and tired and frayed around the edges. And that was palpable right. in, a, in a way yes. that I just didn't get with Bly Manor.
1: Yeah. And when you... With this one, it's set in like a fishing village on an island mm. that has basically, because of an oil spill... Mm. No business has dried up there completely, and everyone is kind of in this state of like poverty, but they have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. So, it also has that like distinct sense of like this has been a long time coming, Mm. uh, making them susceptible to sort of what ends up unfolding in this. But again, it's not what you expect Mm. when it comes to what does unfold in this. So, I recommend it. Like I said, I binged it all Friday when it came out you know as i was sorting stuff and all that and it i couldn't stop watching it it was like once an episode ended i very much wanted to see
0: beautiful what
1: was going to happen next beautiful so big time recommend that so that's what i watched this week but should we sort of thus since you have not watched anything get into our main topic
0: i'd absolutely love to um just before we do that, I just want to remind everyone that we've got a guest coming up for our Halloween episode. Uh, so, Oh, yes! Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, uh, my seven-year-old Owen has agreed to join us in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we're going to give him a choice of four left-column movies to see. And we're going to get his unique seven-year-old's perspective on uh on a horror this spooky season so look out for our next guest uh
1: yeah that is gonna be so fun i am mm. very excited about this yes me too me too, me too. i did i've <laughs> got good stuff coming up
0: i did ask peter if he was interested in appearing as well he was like and eh, no, i'm good okay
1: yeah that's that's totally fair uh-huh. uh one ham in the family uh but yeah that's gonna be fun we'll get owen soon soon we will get eileen as well yes we're gonna have some good guests coming up mm. for things it's gonna be great so today's topic uh, came out of something I saw on Facebook. And yeah, what, if you don't mind, what, what I'm the, just going to sort of...
0: genus of this topic? What was it you saw?
1: It was a thread, which I sent to you, um, about a conspiracy theory about the end of the world. Okay. And so before I... I will explain all this in a second. I just want to, like, kind of also preface this, right? Um, I am fascinated and frustrated by conspiracy theory mm. because like, I can see why people fall into it, but also like based on my own personality, I don't understand it. No, You know what I mean?
0: Not at all. Um,
1: and so when it comes to, to conspiracy theory, there are sort of three main categories of motives that psychologists give for why people fall into this. So they call it the epistemic, the existential and the social Reasons for that. So, that basically means, like, for one, like the epistemic idea of this is like genuinely wanting to understand what's going on in the world and seeking out knowledge about it. Mm. So, just like we do all the time, we want to understand the world. So, we have a podcast in which we do our Shootings best to figure over, out yeah. what's going on with it. Right. <laughs> so, that's the epistemic idea behind this is just like, I just want to know what is going on in the world, which understand, which is understandable. Uh, The existential element of it is trying to basically structure a world that's not ordered. So this sense that you're like, there is, I need to find order in this chaos. Uh, Everything seems crazy and random. And I need to find a way to figure out like, someone has to be in charge of this. There has to be a reason why this is happening. And you deeply have this existential need to assign meaning out of the chaos. And the other reason, the social one, is like basically being part of an in-group that has special knowledge. It's very powerful to think that, you know, you have knowledge that other people don't have. uh, And that becomes like sort of a thing in and of itself
0: my experiences okay. of seeing people fall victim to conspiracy theory uh all feel weighted towards that last reason
1: i mean that's huge it, you know there's uh, a
0: huge, huge 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 and and i can't help but see an an element of superiority in people when they talk about conspiracy absolutely. theory absolutely um uh, an element of condescension an element of you know But I
1: think if you want to understand that, I think you're right. But there's often also born of, like, an insecurity. A lot of people who um, feel like they have in some way been uh, looked down upon by people for whatever reason. So I always think of, like, you know, a guy that I used to know who fell very deeply into all the QAnon stuff and everything like that. But Mm. he was, like, you know, he... Didn't do well in school. He felt like teachers didn't like him. He felt like he was always looked at as being lacking Mm. um, and didn't really have a chance in education. And so, you know, he dropped out of college, but basically because teachers were dicks to him. I see. Um, And then he found conspiracy. And now here's the thing that says I'm actually smarter than all those teachers. I'm smarter than all those people who told me I was stupid my entire life, you know? And so it can very much seem like, you know, this is just a bunch of assholes being superior, but often it is born of, you know, being a part of a group that has been subjugated. You know, mm. people who are... Um, and
0: finding something that in their in their worldview gives them power, gives them the power back.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I have this knowledge that mm. makes me smarter than the experts. I've put it together. I've some, put the pieces together. i put it... Exactly. And now... Also, like, if you look at things like QAnon, it's like, and now I have the power to actually maybe cause change in this. They unironically refer to themselves as keyboard warriors. You know, mm. that they are through the use of social media. They are actually going to expose this cabal.
0: I think there's a fourth uh, pillar to some of these, though. I mean, I I watched a bunch of interviews on YouTube today with flat earthers. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you watched that documentary on Netflix,
0: too? No, I don't believe so. Um, Oh,
1: watch it. It's worth it.
0: I don't think... And maybe I'm giving them too much credit here, but I don't think that many of them actually believe what they're saying. I simply believe they are acting a role as as challenging just for the sake of challenging.
1: Yeah, I think
0: the That's always acting as hey i'm a thing. provocateur you can't handle what i'm saying sure. can you and they don't necessarily believe what they're saying they're just fulfilling a role of of yeah of of poking at at established knowledge poking at a paradigm at an order of things simply for the act of being the other being the objector you know
1: yeah i think to a degree i i get what you're saying i think powerful people do that more like tucker carlson for Uh example like i don't think he believes anything he says yeah however it is you know he makes money Mm. and gets power off of saying that kind of stuff i think with regular people they may i think they can convince themselves they believe it i don't think i'm as cynical as to think they 100 percent know they're wrong and are just promoting it to be contrarian because there's so much wrapped up yes in being wrong and the idea that someone could be wrong. I mean, this is one of the reasons that even in the face of huge amounts of evidence against what they believe, these people don't change what they believe because yes. it's very important to their entire being that they not be wrong. So I think you can convince yourself self of things Like, say again with Q, that there was supposed to be the storm that came. And there were several dates in which this storm was supposed to happen, in which all these prominent Democrat figures were going to be arrested and Trump was going to be reinstalled as president and all this kind of stuff. It was was fascinating
0: watching it come and go, wasn't it?
1: Each date came Mm. over and over and over again, just like religious prophecies you see and things like that. Mm. And it never happened. And yet... It didn't cause a mass exodus from this. Yes, some people realized they'd been had, but it's so important to people not to be wrong because they have wrapped up their identity in this secret knowledge. Yes. And it's embarrassing. It's shameful. They have lost relationships over it, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's so much at stake. Mm. I don't think... I think the portion of people who know it's bullshit and still promote it is extremely small do you Those not think that you know
0: do you not think that the the sense of community and the sense of safety in numbers and the sense of acceptance into a movement outweighs in some the knowledge that it the, the suspension of disbelief then i'm prepared That's to carry on saying this because i kind like of that. know it isn't true But I'm a part of something here. I'm going to be on the right side of history by continuing to fucking toe the line.
1: And that's kind of exactly what I'm saying is like, it is, it's a willing suspension of disbelief. You might somewhere deep down have this thing in you going, I don't know if I buy this, Mm. but you will lose so much. It's important to you to keep believing in it. And this is a thing I think, you know, as an ex-evangelical, I'm very familiar with, too, is that you hold on to a belief that you don't really think you believe, but convince yourself you do. Yes. And that's strong. That's Mm. not a, that's not a cynical thing. That's not trying to take advantage of anything. That's a, like, it will break Mm. my identity if I don't believe in that thing. Mm. So whatever I need to do to convince myself of that. Yeah, sure. I... I must. I must. It must be my faith that's wrong, you know, like something like that.
0: So. So how then can you rationalize those conspiracy theories or alternative worldviews, as I quite enjoy calling them? Yeah. Where (laughs) what you're, you know, the 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 hell that you've chosen to die on, the flag that you've chosen to fucking fly you can't possibly wrap your identity up in it because it's so fucking esoteric and has no bearing on reality as as, as we all share it now, right? I've long been a fan of... <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you earlier in the week. I've long been a fan of, of, of a theory called the Phantom Time Hypothesis.
1: Oh, I love the sound of that.
0: It's terrific. Um, as far as I can make out, right, there are just two guys... Two fucking guys and a few kind of fringe historians uh, Who push this idea of phantom time hypothesis um, A German historian by the name of uh, Herbert Illig And one of his uh, You know uh, you know, One of his uh, contemporaries A guy by the name of Hans Ulrich nemitz They believe, these two lads That uh, The year is actually 17 We're in the 1720s Because mm the entire Gregorian calendar is bullshit and that there's okay. a, a big, big, big chunk of the Middle Ages that was completely fabricated. Um, they reckon that there's, you know, a, a, a load of time, like hundreds of years, that was fabricated by three guys, Pope Sylvester II, uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, and one of the Byzantine emperors, right? Constantine Seventh. And Okay the uh, usual
1: suspects those
0: fucking mad lads right <laughs> their idea is their 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 claim is that because one a, a pope at the time insisted because he had this idea of of uh christian uh, numerology millenarianism i believe millenarianism yeah this That's pope correct. was desperate to have ruled during the year 1000 okay. as opposed to in the year 703 so they just Sure. bullshitted some time. <laughs> so they
1: just fudged it
0: <laughs> yeah um this guy claims that all of the stuff that supposedly happened during that time was made up uh, and all of the mm. historical figures during that time emperor charlemagne were just all fabricated characters like king arthur you know they were just fucking bullshitted up uh and you know they just stick to it they can't be personally invested in this theory I don't they can't how do you tie see, that up with is, your identity in I feel 2021? like You just
1: don't know enough people who are like this. Whereas, again, mm. as an ex evangelical, I know plenty of people like this. I guarantee you could tell this to any of the white guys that come into my father in law's bakery. Right. And they will then uh. take it on as gospel and believe it. Because that happens all the time. They come in there constantly and they're like, Oh, I just found out this thing. It turns out <laughs> it's actually the year 1724. Three hundred years of history didn't happen, huh? You know, and they will they're fully serious. Yeah, and you can't tell them otherwise. They're like, no, no, this is no, this was exposed. You know, like mm. this is they try to hide this from us, and they 100% believe it. So I think, like, yeah, maybe this is like a very American perspective, but I know people who would have no trouble believing that
0: well uh, yeah i mean so do i i mean that's the thing i've spoken briefly (laughs) about this guy uh yeah some months back but it was again so alarming to watch Mm -hmm. a fella who was such a close friend of mine in school a guy who had a career in the british army briefly who runs his own private security firm a very level-headed very pragmatic and very capable fella I mean, you just
1: said army and security. Both of those things are red flags to me. For when I say when I say capable
0: and pragmatic, I mean in a in a in a in a a kind of a tangible physical sense. He's a guy who knows a lot about a lot of useful skills. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, right? A tangibly, usefully skilled guy, and just to watch him just go to fucking pieces in real time. Yeah. yeah sharing stuff that didn't even have like any connective tissue through it sharing right. and and you know espousing ideas that weren't just related just any kind of fucking out there batshit microchips yeah. vaccines microchips vaccines 5G all of it um yeah it, it was super super alarming watching it happen and then and then even more so that he's just suddenly Gone, disappeared, right? Gone,
1: yep. And that's the that's the thing is that people who sort of spiral into this belief, these kinds of beliefs, they start to just believe anything that is not the mainstream narrative Mm. about stuff. That it doesn't really matter what it is or how crazy it seems. They start to just believe everything's been hidden from them. And you're saying that this, like, you know, it's just anything, nothing, no connective tissue. Brings me to the one that started this thought in my head, mm. uh, which was this Facebook thread. So obviously, you know, most of us remember the slew of theories that the world was going to end in 2012. There were whole series Yeah, sure, sure, to the sure. Concept. Nostradamus. <laughs> he had it
0: going on, didn't he? It was Nostradamus. Right.
1: There was the show, The Nostradamus Effect, yes. which actually one of my professors was a talking head on. Huh. Um, and like, which he wasn't one of the ones saying like, yes, this is the end of the world. He was just talking about the history. Um, But you know, there was stuff like that. Uh, There was the Roland Emmerich movie 2012 about it, which honestly I love because I love disaster movies and I Mm -hmm. love Roland Emmerich. Uh, But the point uh, is that there was supposed to be so much evidence that the world was going to end. And there were so many TV shows, so many movies, so many things telling you about all this evidence that if you didn't have your head like sort of firmly on your shoulders at this point, you'd almost be forgiven for getting caught up in that hype. Mm. You know, like it was like everything that if you weren't super discerning, you could look at the stuff and be like, shit, there's a lot of evidence of this. Yeah. Did you know, Mark, though, that while most of us made it through 2012, unsurprised to have come out unscathed, there are folks who believe we didn't actually make it after all.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: And that the world did, in fact, end in 2012, and we've just been bopping along without realizing it? Huh? Yeah. According to Twitter user Nick Hinton, there's a plethora of evidence pointing to the fact that the world ended nine years ago, most likely at the hands of my favorite potential Earth villain, CERN, and their Large Hadron Collider. Yes,
0: I did actually come across that earlier <laughs> today. <Yes.
1: laughs> now, this conspiracy, like you said, it wraps all kinds of conspiracy theories up into it. It's mm. not just like one thing, but wraps up various things into it. So it starts with the observation that s- things seem to have gotten seriously unhinged since 2012. Yep. And a lot of us probably feel that way, right? We've got accelerating climate change. We've got Trump, Brexit, Kanye running for president and then locking himself in a sports stadium to record an album. We had COVID. We've got QAnon, on and on and on and on and on. There's plenty of things to make us think the world has gotten crazy in this past nine years. Mm. And from the perspective of people who have never lived in any other time, shit does seem to have gotten pretty weird. It is difficult for us to compare, though, because, you know, this is just the only world we've ever lived in uh more tenuously he also claims that time seems to have felt like it's been moving faster since then but honestly let's just ignore that outright <laughs> because of course time seems to move faster as you get older that's that just is the way it works make
0: that is horse shit if you're holding that as any kind of yeah. supporting evidence for your theory that time is moving faster i'm just dis- yeah. dismissing you out of hand that is some horse right shit.
1: yeah it's that makes it no isn't sense. it's just listen buddy as we get older, each year becomes a smaller percentage of our lives. Yes, yeah. and, and yet... it seems quicker.
0: A, a six-hour tattoo appointment seemed to have taken a fortnight. Don't fucking tell me that time <laughs> is moving quicker. I had time to right, experience seriously. and analyse my own sensation of bodily pain. Don't tell me that time is moving slower, you fuck. Yeah.
1: Remember 2020? That was like 73 years. Yes. So, so let's just ignore that part outright of mm. his theory, because that's just silly. I'm
0: comfortable doing that.
1: Okay, good. But let's assume... <laughs> That things have indeed gotten unprecedentedly batshit.
0: This I, I, I can buy that. Puts out. And
1: right, let's just go with that.
0: Yes, this is the only Is this the only time period we've inhabited though? Because I, I, I feel that you can confidently draw a line before connectivity and after connectivity. Those are definitely two sure. eras that we straddled. And sure. I've often I've often espoused the idea that we're very lucky as a generation to be able to remember pre ubiquitous internet, because it has changed the world for better and for worse. So I think we're lucky enough to, I think we can say we have lived in two eras.
1: That's true. I will give you that. Mm. I will grant you that. I guess what I'm thinking of is like, in terms of your perspective on things, right? Like the most out of the two of us time that we have spent on this planet is 42 years. Yes. And those 42 years have all spent been spent in a Western context. Um, So there are a very limited amount of things that we have to uh, have experienced in order to say this is particularly crazy. I'm sure if you lived in other parts of the world when other conflicts were happening, you would think things were much crazier in another period of time. Or, you know, if you lived through the plague, (laughs) things like that. But again, let's say, you know, this has been crazy. All right. Because it has been weird. It's been bananas. So if he's right that since 2012, things have gotten batshit. Uh, In 2012, those mad lads at CERN uh, were (laughs) colliding all their hadrons and,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and at last discovered
1: the Higgs boson. Uh, also known as the God particle, and the Higgs, and this Higgs boson is. Co- <laughs>
0: uh, I'm tickled.
1: <laughs> Interrupting ourselves because we're amused by that. Anyway. <sighs> Higgs boson is called the god particle because it's the particle that gives all fundamental particles mass. As Popdust puts it, uh, the Higgs boson is thought to mediate the quantum field responsible for giving particles their mass, thus regulating the force of gravity. Pretty important to existence on Earth and a central part of the Big Bang Theory, explaining how we all have mass, how gravity works, all that kind of stuff. So that's why they call the Higgs boson the... um, the God Particle, yes. and why it was bananas to have discovered it uh, in 2012. So, of course, something like this, you know, as I discussed in our discussion of our fears of stuff like this, um, it, something like that theoretically could cause an absolute disaster if harnessed improperly. And, and despite my own misgivings, we're pretty darn certain it's fine. And they have it under control. Um, Or I'm using the royal we here because we believe this, but not everyone does. Uh What Hinton and those who subscribe to this theory believe, and by the way, he says that he didn't make this up. He saw this elsewhere on the internet and was just sort of threading various things he'd put together from blogs and such like that. Yeah. Is that in 2012, when the God particle was found, something happened that fundamentally fucked our shit up. Perhaps we were pulled into a black hole. Perhaps we were shot into one or more alternate timelines. Perhaps to cover up that something had happened, we were placed into some form of simulation. And this brushes up against a theory you're probably pretty familiar with, the Mandela Effect.
0: Yes, of course. Are you
1: familiar with the Mandela Effect? You want to explain your understanding of the Mandela
0: Effect? Uh, My understanding of the Mandela Effect is I could go my entire life with a certainty, an absolute factual certainty, clear memories evocative emotions that things are a certain way, but someone else might experience them totally differently and are two experiences of something. And it could be something mundane, like the color of a fucking car or the, or the wording of a sweet <laughs> rapper or, you know, the, the lyrics to a song, even though we are experiencing exactly the same thing, we could have subjectively different memories of them leading one to wonder, are we in fact Experiencing the same thing, or are we both inhabiting different branches of the same timeline?
1: Right, exactly. And more importantly, there's a mass element of this, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're on the right track with this, Mm -hmm. but there is a mass element of it. So it's not simply two people remembering things differently, but groups of people remembering remembering things differently. So it's called the Mandela Effect because uh, there is a subset of people who deeply remember Nelson Mandela having died in jail in the 1980s. Okay. He did not die in jail in no, the 1980s. He, he very died. much did not. Yeah, he became the president of South Africa, the head of the ANC. And I think he died... A couple of years ago. I studied there in 2011. Mm. I want to say he died right after that. Uh, So, like, 2011 or 2012, something like that. Pardon me? Um, Regardless, lived long past the 80s. But there are plenty of people who will swear to you they remember his televised funeral and things like that. He died in
0: 2013.
1: 13. There we go. Okay. So... which I found my t-shirt from my school there. And it just made me remember that he was literally our mascot. It was Madiba's and Madiba is like his nickname. I'm like, it's weird to have like a living human being as Mm -hmm. your mascot. Uh, Other examples of this, including that there was a Sinbad movie in the nineties where he played a genie called Shazam. Uh, There is thinking that the children's series, Berenstain bears was Uh actually the Berenstein bears. Um, There's misremembered logos and spellings for things like Looney Tunes and Febreze, uh, the location of New Zealand in relation to (laughs) Australia, uh, and even things like off-quoted pop-cultural lines Mm. like, Luke, I am your father, which is never actually said in the film, it's no... I am your father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even points to some weird discrepancies regarding, like, the Statue of Liberty, including where exactly it stands on Ellis or Liberty Island, and people's memories of going up to the statue's crown, which apparently is not and never has been open to the public. Uh, and in his defense, it, I went there in Girl Scouts and could have sworn that my troop went up to the, the torch, not the ground, the torch. Um, but I personally only made it up one flight of stairs and had a panic attack because it was too cramped and there were too many people. So I'm an unreliable narrator on this. But
0: isn't it amazing though? It, well, it is amazing to me, right? That given a phenomena like like you've just described, which mm-hmm. is quite simply people remembering things differently. That's all right. you've just described. It is, yeah. Yet somebody, you know, with with a... Uh, a predisposition for alternative worldviews we'll, we'll we'll grasp at that and go fucking timelines mate world's ended
1: right rather
0: than yeah. occam's razoring it and going we've just remembered that a bit weirdly haven't we
1: yeah like the most obvious explanation for this stuff of course is what we know about the human brain yeah and that is that it's basically shit at remembering things yes Neuroscientists have basically determined that we have vague ideas of memories and all the details we just sort of we fill in. Yes, of course. They call it I love this term. They call it fade to gist. Mm, that is nice. So we're more likely to retain like the general feeling of a memory yeah. than any specific detail yeah. of it. So we get the gist of a memory as we get older and as it moves away from us, as opposed to anything really specific about it, which is why more and more it's come to be accepted that like eyewitnesses in crimes of are all but useless essentially and not super credible because people don't remember things and they're super impressionable. So I have this issue with the Mandela effect all the time. Personally, I thought it was Berenstein bears my mm. entire life, mm. but I also remember that my mom always called it Berenstain and it annoyed me because I was like, it's clearly Berenstain bears. So I know the discrepancy here. It was just like a cursive reading issue Mm. more than anything else. Or the Shazam thing though, I think is even more the case. I thought there was a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad. Or I think I thought that. I know exactly why I would have thought it Mm. because Sinbad played like this so he did this thing i think it was on like tnt or something like that where he would uh like basically in like the commercial breaks from these marathons of old movies he was dressed as sinbad the sailor and so to me that looked like a genie and probably to lots of kids like oh it's sinbad he's dressed as a genie uh and this was like confused with the movie kazam starring shack and it just became this sort of like thing that that intertwined together and easily
0: explainable. This.
1: But also I don't know if I thought this before I heard of it in the Mandela effect. When I read it for the first time, I was like, yeah, wait, is there not a movie called Shazam with Sinbad as a genie? But I don't know if I thought that before. I don't know if I only thought that because uh, it was implanted into my brain and my brain filled it in and was like, yeah, you think that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a, that's the thing about our memories is that you have the gist of an idea and it is easily influenced. Oh,
0: uh, 1 million percent. And any
1: suggestion
0: again, to, to revert back to a, you know, a a viewpoint of mine from a, from another episode, what that, you know, the, the, the ubiquitous connectivity that I've talked about, what that has done is it's enabled me with a fucking crank idea To broadcast it loud and clear to other susceptible cranks. And cranks gather. Cranks find their own kind, you know. And something so straightforward as people remembering shit differently. All of a sudden is the Mandela effect. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. is fucking... The world has ended because we found the Higgs boson. And that's why you're remembering uh, the name of a movie differently to me. Fuck off. You know, (laughs) once upon a time, you would have been allowed to have enjoyed that crazy little alternative worldview of your own on your own, in silence, and your family would have thought, fuck off, go to work. Your family would have, right. you know, beaten it It would it have made
1: very little difference in anyone's life, except that yes. you were like a little bit of a pain in the ass at parties.
0: Exactly that, exactly that. But now you've got Reddit, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and sprinkle on a little bit of theatricality, people who obviously don't believe it, but are trumpeting these views loud and clear for internet lols And it becomes a thing.
1: Right, yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, you mix in these. That's what this does is sort of look at these like various sort of conspiracy theories and then comes to the conclusion that, okay, this could be engineered as an assimilation. It could be accidental. We could have spun off into this like sort of MCU style multiverse, uh, like Jeremy Baramy in the good place terms. Um, And that is what happened here. And it is easy for people to get caught up in that but again like I keep on wanting to like push back on your like cranks or not believing it thing because I'm like this is again I think it it fulfills very distinct needs Mm. for people and so it sounds so crazy to those of us who don't think like this but we don't we meet those needs in other ways you make an excellent point you know and yeah we have these certain things that we have learned about critical thinking and that we weren't necessarily pushed away by systems. We weren't, you know, things like that. And so we don't have this need to fight it the Mm. way other people do, who feel like they have to be defensive of this or who feel simply like, again, the, the universe is chaos Mm. and someone has to be in control of this. We can't simply say, like <laughs> anything could happen oh god sure uh you know it has to be an invisible hand deep there's very deep needs that cause people to be susceptible to these beliefs as yes. opposed to it just being like eh, these fucks just want to feel special and blah, blah blah you know
0: i don't think i called them these fucks
1: <laughs> i know i <laughs> cranks was your words <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put words into your mouth about it, but I did feel like there was a little bit of hostility.
0: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah.
1: And hostility is completely earned as well. I mean, you know, that people are willing to like burn every bridge in their life yeah. to believe in stuff like this. Like,
0: uh, you know. Uh, any hostility that I do feel comes from a place of frustration. Right. Comes from a place of... There's so many real and genuine things to worry about. And yet you're letting this fucking wackadoo fantasy bullshit inhabit so much of your precious time on earth. Get fucking real. That's where my frustration with internet bullshit conspiracy theorists come from. If you want something to worry about, pal, take your pick. Don't have to make shit up (laughs) about the fucking Higgs boson.
1: And it's I mean, I think that's the thing is, you know, I always said to my former conspiracy friend mm. was that, like, I would say you're listening to all of this stuff and it's, you know, convincing you that there is some invisible group of people mm-hmm. that are making your life the way that it is and that are, you know, causing all of this kind of stuff. And it is distracting you from being able to be effective in any way in solving. Yes the things that are actually happening in the world. And that is extremely frustrating to me that, especially because these conspiracies tend towards leading people to vote against things that would change things and to organize. Like I was talking to my husband about this earlier and it's like, think about America and COVID and that we have passed the number of deaths from the flu epidemic of 1918. And the only reason that has happened is because of conservative politicians and evangelical churches.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: this would not be the case without that.
0: Back to COVID. At the end of last year, right, uh, it was was suggested that a third of all people in the UK had seen uh, conspiracy theories discouraging against getting a vaccine online, right? right? A third of all people in the UK had been exposed to false anti-vaccine messages from Mm. social media. That's a stupendous amount of people. Yeah. You know, and and just through the law of averages, if a third of everybody in the country has seen that stuff, a load of people are going to fucking believe it because the Internet has mobilized and given volume to the lone crank. Yeah.
1: And then add to that what you have in America, where we have a huge evangelical population Mm. who has subscribed to Republican ideology at all costs. Yeah. And then Republicans who have subscribed to an ideology that says, we refuse to do anything that inhibits in any way any individual freedom. And we are wary of, you know, medical professionals and their ideas of expertise. And you have America having amongst the lowest vaccination rates uh, of any country that has access to vaccines in the world. And we are causing our own pandemic. We are causing the deaths here. yes because of this shit and that when people are susceptible to this stuff that's yes. what frustrates me yes is that yes this is very immediate this a couple is... of
0: historians arguing that emperor charlemagne is a fictional character and we live in the year 1700 yep. that's not going to do a great okay, deal of harm cares? all right lads enjoy <laughs> fucking you fucking crazy kids yeah crack on mm-hmm. but yeah when you are contributing to a a, 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 a state of events which yeah. is Yeah, leading to deaths and mass immobilization of countries and economies. Yeah. I don't like that. We could have
1: basically (laughs) ended this. Oh, many. If it weren't for conspiracy theories.
0: Nipped it right in the bud.
1: And that's all there is to it. Hmm so that's fun we've we've, i don't know how we get
0: past we've gone on and on here right i wanted to chat about because there's a cracking example you're wearing a t-shirt about a guy on the moon which is perfectly apt and (laughs) there's a cracking example in in the pre-internet age of how conspiracy theories grow and take root um do you know about bill Kazing, the guy who uh wrote a book we never went to the moon.
1: I I didn't know by name, but I'm familiar with at least this theory.
0: Fantastic story. Um, the guy uh was he was kind of like a what would you call him uh a little bit of a beat poet to him. You know what I mean. He used to work uh he used to work within the 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 aerospace industry and left. And somebody almost challenged him to write a book uh, about the moon landing to try and debunk the moon landing, right? And Uh he worked so hard on this book that he convinced himself. He he worked himself into a shoot as Hulk Hogan oh would say. Um, <laughs> and even though he couldn't get a publisher for this fucking book for years, he got so much airtime on call in shows and on chat shows right. where he was yeah. the crank that they wheeled in mm-hmm. before his book had even seen the light of day. He'd had so much airtime that the ideas took root, you know?
1: And that's such a huge problem, too, is that people like this are fascinating. Yes. You know, and they get people watching your news show, listening to your radio show. Yeah. And thus they get free air for their ideas. Yes. You get more airtime to people who are anti-vax, anti-max Things like that, then you get for people who are. This is why normal
0: people. You've got to just cut off the fucking oxygen, you know? Mm -hmm. I throw my hands up in absolute despair. See, platforming works. Yes. (laughs) Even if you're wheeling a nutter in, (laughs) ha ha ha, to point and laugh at the nutter and give away. What a crazy. (laughs) Somebody will go, oh, oh, hang on though. Maybe we should be. uh, And all of a sudden, that's when you get.
1: Exactly. We do it a shit job. And and that is where I shouldn't even be using we because that is, you know, mainstream media that mm-hmm. is very concerned with how many people they have watching. Yeah. And, you yes, know, yes, so yes. they give airtime to people that they think yes. their viewers are just going to laugh at. But they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, they're listening. And we platform or they platform mm. people who really we should shut up when we see that happen with people like, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and, uh, what's his face? Who's Richard Spencer and things like that. Like Mm. they're broke and obsolete now because their platforms were taken away and people aren't listening to them anymore. So yeah, that's Mm. what it comes down to is it's, you know, you really do have to cut it off when it comes, not all ideas need a platform. They can find their corner of the internet. Yes, or whatever, absolutely. Cut we off have to stop the mainstreaming oxygen. Him. Certainly,
0: certainly. Um, yeah. My favorite, favorite comment and uh, about the conspiracy about the moon landing being filmed is that old joke about Kubrick. You know the one?
1: Well, I don't know the joke. I mean, I know the idea that he he filmed it.
0: Well, the joke is that they paid him to film the moon landing, uh, but he was such a perfectionist, he insisted they actually go to the moon to do it. Ah. Uh, <laughs>
1: There you go, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, uh, those are just a few thoughts. I'm sure we will return to conspiracy theories mm, and it's Rich all grand, that. Jazz. Rich ground indeed. Yeah, this is just a basic sort of. This was on my mind because I saw this saw this thread, but uh, we'll we'll come back to it. I'm sure. So thank you everyone for jumping on board. If you have a favorite bananas conspiracy theory, please do share it with us because you know. They can be fun to read about. Like I said, I'm fascinated, even though I'm frustrated by them. Yeah, um, my my I,
0: I completely share both of those emotions. But when I when I speak about it, my frustration outweighs the fascination. Man.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Especially when you realize just the how terrible some of them can be, and how, mm. especially in the time we live in right now, how damaging. Yes. They have been. It's not the same as urban legends about. Richard Gere and gerbils it's become no. something much much more detrimental to our society at this point. Uh, but yeah, let us know if you have pet conspiracy theories that you enjoy or that you choose to believe in. Sometimes you just have a thing that you're like, "You know what? I know that's not real, but I like the thought of it." Mm. Feel free to share those as well and we would love to hear about them. Uh if you haven't uh rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts, please do go and do that. Uh we enjoy reading them. It gives us a nice little boost when we get to see them Uh, again book club next month no date yet but we will keep you posted for now get the book my sister the serial killer our next watch along we will announce probably i'm imagining within the next week or so yeah
0: yes we'll definitely get the ball rolling on that uh i probably should have done it this week but october is fucking mental for loads of reasons yeah, um,
1: both of us are pretty swamped on this one. But I think yes. we figured out when we're going to do it. Big mm-hmm. idea of what we're going to do. Yes. So. It's going
0: to be great to see you all again.
1: We'll get a poll going. Mark, we'll get a poll going very soon. Okay. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us on this epic adventure through conspiracy theory and tattoos. Through and the mind of the crank. Through <laughs> the mind of the crank. We love you all. Stay spooky, friends.